And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America first perspective. On today's show, we're going to take a look at this new Gallup poll that finds that most young people in this country want socialism. We'll also take a look at Jerry Nadler's House Judiciary Committee and their attempts to use the so-called subpoena cannon to elect a Democrat in 2020. It's time to go on offense, and we'll take a look at Doug Collins, Republican of Georgia, and his attempt to fight back on behalf of the president. You can follow us on Twitter at right now, Jim Dawes, or shoot me an email at right now, jimdawes at gmail.com. Well, there's been a lot of talk about it in the, the, in the media. I've uh, not touched on it so far, but uh, the Gallup poll conducted a poll this last weekend that found that almost 50%, just short, less than a point short of 50% of so-called Generation Z and Millennials, 49.6%, said that they want socialism in this country. And a total overall of almost 40%, 37.2, agreed with that statement. The poll also finds that a majority agreed that government should provide universal health care. They want government-controlled health care in this country. 66.7% of the people do. And that it should provide tuition-free college. So this is a great revelation that if you uh, let people know that they can vote for free stuff, that's exactly what they will do. They say that we should allow for private health insurance, but that the government should provide health insurance to everybody. And this uh, really tells you that uh, the, the leftists in our colleges and universities have been successful in their mission, and that is to obscure the real history, which wasn't that long ago. It was only in the last century of what happens when you attempt to uh, give people, take money from some people and give it to others. It destroys the work ethic. It destroys uh, the ambition of people. People try to find their way around it in order to try to prosper for themselves and their families. And the government ends up having to uh, impose authoritarian rule on the people, which ultimately results in tanks in the streets and gulags. And as we saw in Russia and China, hundreds of millions of people, well, I shouldn't say hundreds of millions, but a hundred million people murdered to institute this Marxist brand of government. And what uh, we also should have learned from watching then uh, is if and when a socialist government ever takes power, they never give it up, short of uh, a a violent revolution, similar to what happened uh, with the fall of the Soviet Union. Because uh, what you do is you get a two-tiered society. You get the bureaucratic class, the government class that lives high, has 
has uh, DACA's and hidden hidden Swedish bank or uh, Swiss bank accounts, and then you have the, uh, the everyone else that are equal. They have equal poverty. They're equally poor. They have no reason to uh, try to excel or work harder for their own um, prosperity because the government just takes equally from everybody and gives back a small portion of that. And the fact that we've allowed our universities and colleges in this country to normalize socialism as if it wasn't the major uh, source of genocide and suffering as recently as 40 years ago, well, hell, it goes on today. Uh, yes, they have a a hybrid form of uh, communism in red China, but the, uh, the, the communist dictatorship that runs China now continues to oppress its people in order to hold on to, to political power. You go over there and try to start an opposing party and see how long it is before they put a bullet in your head. One of the uh, most brilliant observers on the scene today is Victor Davis Hanson, a fellow of the Brookings Institution and Professor Emeritus at Cal State Fresno. He appeared on Tucker's show last night commenting on this, uh, I would say revelation, but it really shouldn't become, come as a surprise to anyone that after allowing the Frankfurt School, the Marxist, cultural Marxist, to move into our universities for going on 30 years now, they have indoctrinated the last two generations of Americans to believe that you can have something for nothing, that you can have free health care, that you can have free tuition, that you can have a guaranteed income. And the results of this are truly going to be disastrous because eventually the people who actually remember the horrors, the absolute horrors of socialism are going to die out, and these millennials are going to uh, vote to have socialism. That will be the end of the American Republic. It'll be the end of free enterprise. It'll be the end of uh, the, the work ethic that made this country great. And it will take yet another violent revolution as America, the United States of America, goes down this path that was trod by the um, the Bolsheviks in Russia and Mao's social revolution in China and Castro's communist regime in Cuba and Venezuela and a dozen other countries that end up total economic basket cases that oppress their people. This should this Gallup poll should be a wake-up call to American patriots that we have got to take back the universities in this this nation from the Marxists that we have allowed to dig in and get tenured positions to pursue their radical Marxist agendas. Here I I, uh, I mentioned Victor Davis Hanson appearing on Tucker last night. Here's what he had to say about this poll. 
There's a lot of ignorance of socialism. I think our public school system, the universities, our popular culture, they sort of glorify it as a fuzzy-wuzzy Robin Hood-like taking from people who really didn't build that and giving it to more deserving victims. They never tell you that socialism is more than just Denmark or Sweden, that it ultimately ends up like Venezuela and Cuba. And that because it's contrary to human nature, it requires a degree of coercion that's pretty scary. Three great murderers of the 20th century, Hitler, Stalin, and Mao, all had the word socialist in their descriptions of their government. Also, Tucker, I think we had 10 years from 2007 to 17, as you alluded to, of flat economic growth. And this new generation piled up a trillion and a half dollars in student debt, and they prolonged their adolescence. It was a life of Julia or pajama boy culture. And they did not have children, they did not marry, they did not buy homes. Those are all the traditional stimuli that make somebody take the attention off themselves and onto somebody else. They're conservative stimuli. Right. And finally, I, 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 I'll be frank with your viewers, I think the Republican Party did a very poor job of, and they're the traditional stewards of market capitalism, of explaining why market capitalism creates wealth and makes all of our lives better. Because they embraced a couple of positions, open borders, as your first segment sh showed, drove down the wages of working Americans, it overtaxed social services, it, it impoverished us. And then they redefined free trade as unfair trade. So when the entire Midwest was hollowed out, it was almost a callous message of go learn coding or go to the fracking fields or China is getting us cheap stuff that we can afford even if we don't have good wages or it'll make us leaner and meaner and more competitive or it's unsustainable for China. But there was never any empathy. There was never any compassion to say, look, free market capitalism is the only system that works, but we have to have uh, protections in place to protect the working classes and young people. And we didn't do that as, re as Republicans and conservatives. So we're, we're at fault too. Five years ago, Bernie Sanders was a joke. And now he's a serious contender yeah, for the presidency. And, and that's what's happened. Ever, the whole premise of the Green New Deal is socialism. And yet we have mainstream candidates that embrace it, not because they believe in it, but because, as you say, they think there's poll data that, that suggests support, especially among young people. But uh, it's sad because history suggests that every time you go down this trajectory and you think you're going to get something for free or going to be humanitarian or going to virtue signal, somebody decides that they have to use coercion and authoritarianism to stop people like you and I from suggesting it doesn't work and we don't want a part of it, to be a part of it. And that's, that's right. in our futures if we're so stupid to, to go down that pathway. It's happened again and again when these socialist authoritarians get... Um get power, they change the rules to prevent um, their the flaws in their ideology from being overturned by the people. And you see it already in the Democrats' policies. They're trying to subvert the electoral college. They're trying to stack the courts. They're advocating stacking the courts to overturn the, uh, the majority that uh, the people's presidents appointed in a thousand other ways, they're trying to take away your freedoms and give you promises, empty promises of free stuff in return. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The Democrat Party today is against all three of these things. On life, they're supporting abortion right up until the point of delivery. And if you believe Governor Northam of Virginia, even afterwards, he famously said, well, 
will make the baby comfortable, and then we'll have a conversation between the doctor and the mother or whether or not the baby will be allowed to live. On freedom, you see what's going on on the campuses and in social media where they're suppressing and censoring the very first freedom that our founders ensconced in the Constitution, and that is the freedom of speech. They're censoring people who disagree with them politically in order to uh, suppress their ability to win elections. And as I say, once they win that election, it'll be over with. The only alternative you will have is violent revolution. And the pursuit of happiness, it was originally ensconced in the Constitution of uh, Life, Liberty, and Property, but the pursuit of happiness is all about property rights. You have to be able to stand or fall on your own initiative and hard work. The Democrats have successfully removed almost entirely that concept from our younger generation who believe that uh, we all just have a giant pie. We have to cut it up. They don't realize that somebody's got to make the pie to begin with. And they want everybody to be equal, equally poor. And it is just a tragedy beyond description that we have now lost two generations, almost half of them. I, I don't want to overstate. Almost just short of half of them believe that socialism is the future of this country. And if you look at the, the demographics and the profile of the younger generation, you'll see that uh, uh, large numbers of them are from um, you know, cultures and traditions where socialism has tr- been tried and failed. I'm talking about South America and Africa. Well, have you uh, have you registered to win this uh, this compact Smith and Wesson 380 at mojo50.com/register to win, being given away by Tar River Arms? I've It's been a couple of days since I promoted this, but this is the absolutely perfect weapon for concealed carry. It's a small polymer frame with a built-in laser sight, a stainless steel slide and receiver. It holds seven rounds, six in the the, uh, clip and one in the chamber. And they're going to give it away uh, in less than a week. Just, well, just a little more than a week. Don't miss out. Get over there and register at mojo50.com slash register to win. For this Smith and Wesson 380, and while you're at it, you ought to go over to Tar River Arms and check out their May promotions. They've got a Sig Sawyer P320 and Smith and Wesson revolvers of all types on special. And as always, Tar River Arms is the storefront that comes to you with free shipping on most purchases. It's no different than purchasing at your local gun store, except. You did it where you wanted, and you did it. Uh, you did it when you wanted, and you did it on your schedule. When you're buying over there and at, at checkout, please uh, be sure to remember the promo code Mojo Five O and watch for the grand opening in July of the very first Tar River Arms retail store in Wake Forest, North Carolina. Mojo Five O will be broadcasting live, and you don't want to miss that show. Tar River Guns, America's vital gun store. Great guns, great prices, and great services. You can find them on the web at 
tarriverarms.com. Well, um, the circus that is uh, the House Judiciary Committee, the House Oversight Committee, and the House Intelligence Committee continues to rock on as they subvert the U.S. House of Representatives into a uh, an opposition research arm for the Democrat National Committee. They've instituted their subpoena cannon, and they're issuing subpoenas to um, a vast array of executive branch officials, including the president's White House counsel, demanding that they come forward and give testimony when they know for a fact that these subpoenas are illegitimate, illegitimate and cannot be complied with by the executive branch without destroying the separation of powers in our Constitution. Jerry Nadler, Adam Schiff, and Eliza Cummings on the Judiciary, Intel, and Oversight Committees are counting on the American people's ignorance of the Constitution to believe that the president invoking executive privilege and refusing to comply with these subpoenas is somehow a constitutional crisis. Administrations, for as long as these subpoenas have been issued, have refused to comply with them because they are an, uh, an, an intrusion on the executive branch and its prerogatives. Let me see if I can find a clip to illustrate this to you. Uh, first clip we'll play is Doug Collins. He finally, we have a Republican that is uh, pushing back on these committees. He's not the most articulate guy in the world, Doug Collins, which I seem to uh, to notice among many of the uh, Republicans, with the exception of uh, Jim Jordan, and formerly, and I miss him greatly. Uh, the um, House Republican member from South Carolina, whose name has fallen out of my ear, uh, and you probably know who I'm talking about, the guy with the funny haircut. But Doug Collins, in his opening remarks, well, I guess I should set this up. Yesterday, Jerry Nadler and the House Democrats on the Judiciary Committee testified or uh, subpoenaed the president's White House counsel to come and testify. They knew for a fact that you can't subpoena the White House counsel to testify. That would violate the attorney-client privilege of the President of the United States and make it impossible for him to govern. But they did it anyway because they wanted the theatrics of, uh, of the White House declaring very predictably its executive privilege and and uh, refusing to comply with that subpoena. And this is uh, Doug Collins, the ranking member on the House Judiciary Committee's opening statement, uh, explaining exactly what was going on. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, and thank you for all that have gathered here again. Here we go again. The theater is open, and the summations are coming in. In fact, right now we're again running over the norms of congressional oversight. We're dabbing at the edges of rubbing roughshod on the Constitution, asking for uh, things that we don't. But I am glad about one thing. I'm glad that the chairman read into the record today the Mueller report. I'm glad that he quoted, as he said, this is a quote directly from the Mueller report. I just wish my chairman would actually go read the rest of it that he has uh, been offered to read, which he has chose not to read. Um, But he did leave out one thing. 
He left out something in the Mueller report from just now. He read McGahn's testimony beautifully. He did everything. But he left out what he doesn't want to have to come back to and the frustrating thing that has brought us here again and again and again, and that is the conclusions. There was no collusion. There was no obstruction charge. There's nothing here. After two years of doing this, we can read it in. You can talk about how you don't like it. You can talk about what you would like to ask. But at the end of the day, it's interesting. We'll read in the quotes that make the headlines, but we're also not going to read in the bottom line of what was actually concluded. So the Democrats are here trying again. The Mueller report concluded there was no collusion, no obstruction, because the report failed to provide damning information against the president. The majority claims we need to dig deeper. Deeper than the two years of investigation conducted by what is considered a prosecutorial dream team because that probe ended without criminal charges against prosecutorial prosecutorial dream team, my butt. They were nothing of the sort. They were a a prosecutorial uh, nightmare. Completely staffed, Mueller did, his office with Democrat partisans and people who had actually worked, represented lawyers who had actually represented Hillary Clinton. And the discredited and um, infamous Andrew Weissman, who has a long history of twisting and perverting the rule of law in order to pursue political agendas, destroyed 25,000 jobs in the Enron scandal uh, with the uh, Arthur Anderson accounting firm accusing them of obstruction of justice and was overturned by nine to zero at the Supreme Court. He should have never been allowed in a government uh, position again. And yet, who is the guy that Robert Mueller appointed as as his chief prosecutor? The very same guy that had been rebuked by the U.S. Supreme Court nine to nothing. You know how rare nine to nothing Rulings from the Supreme Court are, but they all rebuked Andrew Weissman because of his his outrageous conduct in destroying the Arthur Anderson accounting firm and all of those jobs and wealth that they created. Back to this clip from Doug Collins. The president or his family. The special counsel closed up shop without giving Democrats anything to <laughs> deliver to their base. Now the Democrats are trying desperately to make something out of nothing, which is why the chairman has, again, haphazardly subpoenaed today's witnesses. That move, though, is actually ensured the witness will not testify. You know, this is becoming a pattern. The chairman knew this, I believe, when he sent the subpoena last month, but instead of inviting the witness to testify voluntarily and working with McGahn's counsel to find mutual agreeable time and scope for the testimony, the chairman rushed to maximize headlines by issuing a subpoena. That subpoena was the third in just four months, more subpoenas than the prior chairman issued in six years. The chairman has several ways out here. He took none of them. The chairman could have invited the witness to testify voluntarily. That was the practice in the 1990s when the White House counsel testified before Congress. But the chairman did not do that. Instead, he launched a subpoena at the witness without any consultation or follow-up with the witness's lawyer. The chairman could have invited the witness to testify behind closed doors. But that would have been politically expedient, and you wouldn't have been here, and the show would not have been as exciting. A closed-door conversation would not have generated those headlines and everything that we're looking at today. Even gaveling in today's hearing without a witness is theatrical. The cameras love a spectacle, and the majority loves a chance to rant against the administration. I just am glad today to see that we don't have chicken on the dice. That uh, that last remark was obviously 
referring to crazy Steve Cohen when he uh, played right into this political theater that the Democrats are engineering in the House of Representatives, saying that somehow Bill Barr was chicken to testify because they subpoenaed Bill Barr and then they insisted that their staff members would be allowed to question him, cross-examine him, and interrogate him. They're absolutely disrespectful of the separation of powers and they and their willing accomplices in the media are trying to portray this as some anomaly. This is business as usual. When we come back from the break, I'm going to explain to you exactly why executive branch members uh, do not and have not complied with subpoenas from Congress. They'll testify voluntarily, but they're not going to set the precedent that you can demand their testimony. We're going to run out to a break. We'll be back after two messages. Stick with us on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Santa's dropping off way more than you expected this year. Thanks to Xfinity, the whole family can enjoy great coverage and fast, reliable internet speed up to gig, all at a great value. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed. Whether you have your own bathroom or you share one with your family, a little extra help keeping the bathroom sink, counter, and mirror clean goes a long way. And Viva paper towels are for the long haul. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. And they clean like cloth, helping you keep the surfaces in your bathroom dry and fingerprint and toothpaste free. For an exceptional bathroom clean, there's Viva Paper Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more. You know, I don't think it was any coincidence or accident that they stopped teaching civics in high school and colleges and allowed diversity training to surplant our actual common uh, systems of government and, and law. Used to be that any child that grew up and, and made it through primary school had read the Constitution, had been schooled in the separation of powers, knew the uh, Bill of Rights, at least the, well, the Bill of Rights, the first 10 amendments to the Constitution, and many, many times more amendments than that, but they at least knew the Bill of Rights. All of that was surplanted when we allowed the Marxist takeover of our universities and even our, our uh, primary and secondary schools uh, to be taken over by the Frankfurt School of Cultural Marxism. But uh, we have playing out in the House Judiciary Intelligence and Oversight Committees a prime example of how demagogues like Jerry Nadler, Elijah Cumming, and, and Adam Schiff can take advantage of the ignorance of the American people of the Constitution. And I believe that these guys are ignorant of the Constitution themselves. I'm not convinced they understand the Constitution. I know for a fact, just watching them, that they don't believe in it, that they're not upholding their oath to protect and defend the Constitution. 
And I believe a large majority of the Democrats in Congress have not read the Constitution. I'm convinced that AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ilhan Omar, Rashid Tlaib, Eric Swalwell, a lot of these Democrats, Beto O'Rourke, I'm convinced they've never read the Constitution. If they have read the Constitution, they don't believe in it because the policies they continue to advocate for are directly contrary to the provisions in the Constitution. But we're talking about the Democrats and their cynical use of the so-called subpoena canon to constantly portray the, uh, the Trump administration's resistance to congressional subpoenas as somehow unusual or uh, against the Constitution, insisting that it is creating a constitutional crisis when it is, in fact, just the opposite. The Trump administration is protecting the Constitution and the separation of powers while the, Congre- the House Democrats assault the Constitution and the separation of powers. So I've got a few clips for you. The first is actually from the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation uh, setting up exactly what is going on in Nadler's committee with these bogus subpoenas. Think the rhetoric, the name-calling, and fury Democrats aim at Donald Trump is fierce already? Consider the House Judiciary Committee this morning. I can only conclude that the president now seeks to take a wrecking ball through the Constitution of the United States of America. That is that idiot, idiot Sheila Jackson Lee from Texas who is claiming that the president is taking a wrecking ball to the Constitution because he is refusing to submit to congressional subpoenas, which would, in effect, render the executive branch um, uh, subordinate to the legislative branch. That would be the real harm and, and violence done to the Constitution. But again, Sheila Jackson Lee and her other uh, lunatic leftists on the House Judiciary Committee are turning reality on its head and trying to convince the American people that they are protecting the Constitution. Stonewaller in chief, they called him today, a wannabe dictator, slamming Trump and his fellow Republicans. Shame, shame, shame. We are in danger, we need to respond, and we need to act for the people of the United States of America. That's that idiot Steve Cohen of Memphis. How the people of Memphis, Tennessee, could have sent this, uh, this low-life, bucket, chicken-bucket-eating idiot, pencil-neck geek, to the House of Representatives is, is uh, amazing to me. He's an embarrassment to the state of Tennessee claiming that he speaks for the American people. What a joke. The breadth of this obstruction is beyond anything in our nation's history. That's a lie, absolute lie. That's that, uh, that representative from uh, Maryland, um, the guy with the, uh, the poor hair plugs. I can't remember his name. But uh, th- this is not unusual in American history. The executive branch has always refused to comply with congressional subpoenas. It is a principle in law. They, they will send uh, administration officials to 
testify voluntarily, but they are not going to allow the executive branch to be subordinated to the legislative branch by uh, complying with their subpoenas, especially in this case when these subpoenas are for the White House counsel. So according to the congressional Democrats, the president of the United States should be denied attorney-client privilege with his own White House counsel. And I guess that's uh, just in keeping with the Democrats' violations of attorney-client privilege when you, when they raided the president's personal attorney's office and, and uh, stole all those documents and was, were, were able to find nothing against, uh, you know, that implicated the president of the United States in any illegality. So they trumped up this bogus charge of campaign finance violations and then had Michael Cohen plead guilty to them in order to keep his uh, family from being prosecuted as well. I keep getting uh, off topic here. Back to this clip. All of it over an extraordinary step taken by the president this morning. Trump invoked the rarely used executive privilege to thwart Democratic demands for an unredacted copy of the special counsel's report into Russian meddling in the 2016 election. The only reason that executive privilege is rarely invoked is because most Congresses, the vast, vast majority of them, have had the... Um, the fidelity to the Constitution and the understanding of the separation of powers and know not to subpoena House uh, or uh, executive branch members. Democrats say it's an abuse of White House powers coming as they themselves took an extraordinary step. Mr. Nadler votes aye. Voting to recommend citing Trump's Attorney General, William Barr, for contempt of Congress over his failure to offer up that unredacted report. Committee Chair Jerry Nadler framed the whole thing a constitutional crisis. It is an attack on the essence of our democracy, and we must uh, oppose this with every fiber of our being. Get the feeling this won't end nicely with all of this likely to end up in the courts. The battling gets ever more tense almost daily, and the steps taken ever more extreme. Paul Hunter, CBC News, Washington. Well, it it could be in court right now. The reason they haven't taken it to court, any of these House uh, Democrat committees haven't taken it to court, is because they know they'll lose. These are well-established precedents. The courts have said repeatedly that the executive and legislative branch needs to work cooperatively in order to get this testimony, that, uh, that the executive branch cannot be subject to demands from the legislative branch to provide testimony. And they do not dare take this to court and be exposed as the uh, the lunatics that they are. And the only reason they're able to get away with this is, one, as I said, we've had successive generations in this country that have not been schooled in civics and the Constitution. And two, because we have a left-wing media that basically reads off the Democrats' talking points and uh, and disguises it as news coverage. This next clip I'm going to play you is Tom McClintock. He is uh, a Republican representative from California, one of the very few remaining. I think all but seven of the congressional delegation from California now are Democrats because of their vote harvesting schemes. 
But Tom McClintock put all of this into perspective. <laughs> well, I think the whole thing is silly. I mean, presidents, uh, pretty much every president since Harry Truman has instructed his subordinates to ignore congressional subpoenas, and the courts have backed them every single time. Uh, and, and there's a reason for that. Uh, the executive and legislative branches are independent, separate, and co-equal. I mean, let's just put the shoe on the other foot, for example. Could President Trump uh, compel Jerry Nadler's general counsel to come to the White House and testify under oath to his discussions with Jerry Nadler? Nadler? Of course not. And neither can Nadler compel the president's general counsel to do so. So, you know, I don't think I'm, I'm misreading this. There seems to be an undercurrent uh, that the president is doing something wrong by, you know, or untoward by telling people not to testify or, or be compelled by subpoenas. Is he? Uh, no, in fact, uh, uh, the Congress actually subpoenaed Harry Truman and his subordinates to appear after he left office, uh, and he refused, and the courts backed him up. Uh, mm. Again, this is very consistent over many, many decades uh, of jurisprudence. Uh, so the, the whole thing is a political exercise, and Jerry Nadler is not going to take this to court because he knows if he did, he would be completely humiliated. Yeah, I he, some... he wants the grievance, uh, uh, not the substance. He wants the theater, not the substance. He wants to create these uh, these non-events, as Mark Levin calls them, pseudo-events, of calling these hearings that he know that knows that the executive branch won't comply with these subpoenas so that they can j- try to gin up this notion of a constitutional crisis. You will note that they will not take this issue to court because they know they would be defeated. And in McClintock's clip that I just played you, he mentioned that this goes back to the Truman um, administration. I don't want to leave the impression with you that it was uh, Harry Truman who changed precedent. It was only because it was uh, up until that point in the Truman administration that the uh, that the Congress thought that they could issue subpoenas against the executive branch to begin with. It was the first time that these uh, that this issue had been raised. And, of course, the courts ruled consistent with the Constitution that, no, the, uh, the Congress cannot make demands on the presidency that they are co-equal branches of government. And, and two, they don't have any enforcement action, even if the administration refused. They were talking about arresting Bill Barr and other members of the administration. I would like to see Congress march their sergeant-at-arms over to the Department of Justice and try to arrest the Attorney General of the United States. I don't think that would end well for them. The building is full of special FBI agents who would not take lightly to Congress overstepping its authority like that. That is how you end up with constitutional crisis. By one overreach one branch of the government overreaching their constitutional authority and trying to subordinate another branch. And if they want to play this game, I I would suggest that the administration go on offense. McClintock mentioned, what if if the Trump administration subpoenaed Jerry Nadler's House counsel to come and testify? That's exactly what they should do. They should say, if you want to play this game, we'll play this game too. And we want to talk to all of the people that you have had on these committees ginning up 
this this Spygate uh, uh, cover-up in the Intelligence and Oversight Committees and the Judiciary Committee. Subpoena Adam Schiff's counsel and their work products and see how much damning information is available there. They will, of course, refuse to comply with those subpoenas, as well they should. It's just amazing that we've got um, uh, uh, such a compliant press that they won't they won't report these things. They won't report reality. They want to report the theater that Nadler's given them. And all of this, well, I, I need to uh, I need to do a little bit of um, crass commercial messages first. You know, the extreme far left politicians have become totally unhinged. Media bias is at all time high. And uh, identity politics have absolutely overtaken the Democrat Party and their mouthpieces in the media. And they've got this huge interlocking network of nonprofit foundations, they call them, funded by left-wing globalists and supported by contributions from big cell phone companies. Yes, the big cell phone companies that you are paying your cell phone bill to every month. You don't have to shop with these leftist cell phone companies that fund these liberal agendas and to take away your freedom and send this country down a socialist path. You can support your values with veteran-led Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile is America's only conservative cell phone company providing reliable coverage nationwide. It's easy to switch. You can keep your same number, bring your own device, or buy a new one. You'll enjoy no hidden fees, no roaming fees, and no leftist agenda. At Patriot Mobile, more than $2 million have been used to support your constitutional rights with the Heritage Foundation, the National Rifle Association, and others. Imagine what we could do with you on our side when you switch to Patriot Mobile. With unlimited text and talk plans starting as low as $25 a month, don't wait. Visit Patriot Mobile today at patriotmobile.com slash mojo50. Join me to stop the leftists and switch to Patriot Mobile today. We need you now more than ever. That uh, address again is patriotmobile.com slash mojo50. So all of this is whipped the the Democrats' far leftist base into an impeachment frenzy. They're demanding that the Democrats keep their promises to impeach this president. And lest you think that this move is a result of the Mueller report, you need to remember that even before this president took office, they were demanding impeachment because they saw this as a repudiation of eight years of Obama-Biden and the rejection of the leftist policies that Hillary Clinton was prescribing for America. And that just cannot be allowed. Imagine if they actually had power and they were threatened with losing it. What, uh, what things they would do to, to try to uh, hold on to power. But this is Steve Cohen, that, uh, that lunatic leftist Democrat representative from Memphis, Tennessee, that you heard on that previous clip. Back in... Uh, 
the fall of 2017, shortly after Trump took office. The first is obstruction of justice, which deals. He's talking about a, a bill that he represent, that he introduced in the House of Representatives to impeach the president. The first is obstruction of justice, which deals with Mr. Comey's firing. The second is a violation of the Constitution's foreign emolument clause, which deals with monies he's taken from foreign powers without the consent of Congress. The third is a violation of the domestic emoluments clause, which deals with monies he's made from the United States uh, and his personal businesses beyond that of his salary, which is also forbidden by our Constitution. The fourth is undermining our federal judiciary, and the fifth is undermining freedom of the press. So what Steve Cohen, leftist lunatic of Memphis, Tennessee, just described to you there is the fact that Donald Trump, when he was elected, was well-known to be a businessman who operated hotels, and foreigners stay in his hotels. Oh. And he continues to make money. Oh, no, we can't have that. According to Steve Cohen, that's a violation of the emoluments clause. Never mind that the president has actually lost money in these properties since he became president. And, oh, by the way, he's not accepting his own presidential salary He's returning that to the government for his policy priorities. And then he says that uh, he is violating the, uh, the uh, press freedoms and the independence of the judiciary. And that's based on the fact that he has called out the media as fake news, which in fact they are, demonstrably. Their whole Russia Gate hoax coverage has been exposed to this point. And the judiciary, he has disagreed with many of their rulings. And it has turned out that in many of those cases, all of those cases that have actually made it to the Supreme Court, he was absolutely right. These bogus orders and and um, and uh, verdicts out of the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals have been uniformly overturned 85% of the time. They are not exercising jurisprudence out there. They're exercising political activism. And they're having a meeting this morning with, um, with uh, you know, it's funny when Nancy Pelosi seems to be the, the, the level-headed uh, person in your party. But she has the gavel in the House of Representatives, and and they're having a a big conference call with all of their representatives and all of their supporters to talk about whether or not they're going to move forward with impeachment against the president of the United States. They want to have it both ways. They want to muddy this president up before the 2020 elections with an impeachment charge, but they don't want to actually go through with that impeachment um, process and be rebuked by the U.S. Senate and go down to defeat in 2020 because the American people, as opposed to their base, are opposed to this impeachment effort. This is such a ridiculous exercise. You're going to do a two-year investigation, spend $35 million with a vast team of Democrat partisans trying to bring down this president. They're able to find nothing. No, no collusion, no conspiracy, no coordination with Russia or any other foreign en- entity, while at the same time the Democrat did, by the way. No obstruction that they could charge with. 
and then they want to impeach anyway because their their left wing base demands it. And all of this is being driven by AOC and the new radical leftist socialist democrats, socialist socialist democrats. A reporter caught caught AOC in uh, one of the hallways and asked her about this pressure on Nancy Pelosi to begin impeachment proceedings. I believe that uh, the, the, we have come to a time of impeachment. I think that um, at a certain point, this is no longer about politics, but this is about upholding the rule of law. This is about pursuing um, the articles laid out in our Constitution, in our founding documents. And, um, just as impeaching without cause to, could be a could be construed and is politically motivated, choosing to not impeach when there is an abundance of cause could also be construed as similar demands. You notice how they never cite any examples of this abundance of cause. They just they, they just cite vague uh, accusations that he's a racist, that he's uh, profiting from his um, his office, that he is, is a, um, you know a, uh, a a puppet of Vladimir Putin. None of this is has any proof, no probable cause behind it. It is simply a political exercise that they want to engage in to attack this president and they have cultivated a a mindset among their leftist uh, followers that absolutely demands it and they're trying to respond to this nancy pelosi's trying to tell them that that is a recipe for disaster in the 2020 elections and they just cannot listen so uh, i i know that the, that the speaker is working very hard to bring the party together. This is not, um, it's not easy. It's, it's not an easy thing to pursue, and I, I, uh, I respect her leadership. At what point do you think the pressure is going to mount so much so that the speaker actually gives in? Because some of these members are part of her leadership. Absolutely. Well, I think, um, I think it really depends on everyday Americans. If you have a representative that is in a close seat and you think that we should be able to the role of law, I think it's time to give you know, give your representative a call. It, it sounds like a cliche, and it's like your dentist telling you to floss to to call your representative. But it's because we listen, and it's important that we communicate. Right, thank you very thank much. It's like your dentist telling you to floss to demand that your representative vote for impeachment of, uh, of the president of the United States. That is the level of discourse that you will hear from AOC. But I just want to say this. Now I know that there are not a lot of Democrats that listen to this show. Because they don't need to. They can watch MSNBC or CNN or NBC or CBS or any number of um, news outlets and and get a full dose of uh, their confirmation bias. But the few of you that are listening, I want to encourage you to take AOC's advice. I want you to call your uh, Democrat House of Representatives and insist that they proceed with this impeachment process. Let's have it out. Let's see if the Democrats have the courage of their convictions. They keep telling us that this president needs to be impeached, but then they don't follow through with it because they know that they will lose their House majority. But if you think I'm wrong, Democrats that are listening, please do follow AOC's advice and insist that your representative vote to impeach this president. I would love it.
because the American people will reject that and all of these uh, these 30 Democrats that were elected from congressional districts where the president won will be turned out in the next election because they will have violated their uh, promise to govern from the middle. Absolutely. Please, please proceed with impeachment. So I've, I've just got a couple of minutes left, and I want to I want to uh, talk about what's going on in New York City. You know, we hear a lot about institutional racism, and it's uh, implied that somehow the courts and the universities and the government are all um, white supremacists, uh, hotbeds of white supremacy. The truth of the matter is, there is institutional racism in all of those uh, groups, and it is virulently anti-white. They call it against whiteness now. And the latest example of this is in the New York City uh, Department of Education. They're targeting so-called white supremacy culture. And in doing so, they're, they're saying examples of white supremacy are individualism, objectivity, worship of the written word, urgency, and that in a presentation that was um, obtained by the New York Post, there's a bullet point of this so-called systematic pro-white favoritism that the new school chancellor, Richard Carranza, claims has to be eradicated. They have to dismantle whiteness. And as a result of this, they've fired and demoted several career um, members at this organization because... They were the wrong color. They are white. And Carranza is on a jihad to eliminate what he believes is toxic whiteness. Got to get rid of that white privilege. We got to start demoting these people. They're the wrong skin color. And he's paid $23 million to implement this program that's designed to root out white people in the New York City schools. Now that is institutional racism we got to run. We're going to talk about that uh, story a little bit more in a future edition of, Ameri- of uh, Right Now with Jim Dawes. But I want to thank you for joining us and invite you back here again tomorrow on the Mojo Five O Radio Network for another edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes. Take care, folks. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, Sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how Voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more.